Just gets it off the time, and he backs it in. Catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound, box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Welcome to the In Transition Podcast. It's my pleasure to introduce to you guys somebody that has uh, played at the highest level. He has coached at the highest level. Um, he has worked in uh, skill development camps. He's worked with AAU teams. He's coached at the college level. He's uh, been an assistant in uh, NBA teams. He's been all over the place and has tons of experiences. Um, he is now a, an assistant coach at the University of Memphis and uh, a, a good new friend of mine, uh, Coach Cody Toppert. Appreciate you hopping on, my man. Ryan, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast with you. I, I admire your work as well. I think you're doing great things for the game. And, uh, yeah, excited to share anything that I can with uh, your listeners in any way, shape, or form that can help uh, – you know, people not just better themselves as coaches, but it ultimately help those uh, players that they're working with as well. For sure. I, I, again, um, I, I like to kind of start it off. Uh, you kind of share your background a little bit, you know, tell the people who you are, what you uh, what you're involved in, how you got to where you're at. Um, pretty much start where, wherever sure. you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Um, without this turning into, uh, you know, a 10 part documentary <laughs> series to rival <laughs> The last dance, but um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm currently here at the University of Memphis right now, uh, and I'm an assistant coach under uh, Penny Hardaway, uh, which has been great. I just finished my first season here. Uh, prior to that, uh, kind of completed a, a, an interesting climb from 2013. It's funny, I was on a Zoom call uh, this past week, uh, kind of a pretty intimate one with, uh, with, with Stan Van Gundy. The last time I heard Stan Van Gundy talk, you know, I was just, I was a high school coach I was an aspiring coach uh 2013 October 27th he was he was talking at a at a coach's clinic in in uh, Miami for Shaky Rodriguez I uh, mm-hmm. just loved what I heard there my mind was blown and fast forward to this point in time I have I went from coaching in high school level uh, assistant coaching in the G League head coaching in the G League uh made it all the way to the NBA assistant coach in the NBA and now you know uh with Penny Hardaway you know at the high major college level so Things can happen quickly. Um, I played basketball at, the, at Cornell University in the Ivy League. Uh, fortunate to play for Steve Donnie. He was the head coach at Penn there. Uh, had a had a very you know solid career uh, that allowed me to play after, which was uh, which was fantastic. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday celebrated the ten year uh, anniversary of my Euro Challenge Championship team in Germany with Göttingen, and uh, so I played in Spain, Italy, Germany, kind of all over the place, New Zealand. And then uh, uh, won a G League championship as well. Back then it was the D League. But um, and then, uh, you know, finished up and, and got into the player development sector, uh, linked up with a guy named Gannon Baker, who, you know, to me is the godfather of skill development. Yeah. And uh, the first guy who kind of, you know, showed everyone else that there's a path towards towards making this, uh, you know, uh, a job, a profession, a career, right? Not yeah. just a hobby. Yeah, a career. And uh, so to me, that was huge. And then you know, lucky enough, uh, you know, he asked me to, to go down to Florida and help him start a prep school. And uh, kind of from there, you know, the rest, uh, you know, we just 
just took off, right, really. So we had a pre-draft program. I coached the high school team. Uh, and then, you know, one, one day from unlocking the gym, rolling the balls out, laundering the uniforms at my house, filling up the water bottles, right, no air conditioning in our gym, right? you know, to ride, riding the team bus with, uh, with James Harden and Dwight Howard uh, when the Rockets hired me to be an assistant for their G League team. And so right. that's, how, that's how quick it happened for me. And then from there, you know, lucky enough to get into the Rockets organization around great people there. And, uh, you know, uh, we were able to build and create and uh, have some success that ultimately got me to the Phoenix Suns organization as the head coach of their G League team and um, eventually to the NBA uh, with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Well, hey, I've, you know, that's a huge – um, list of accomplishments and, and something that, you know, I definitely aspire to um, even get half that done. Uh, but, you know, uh, I really think we can dig into a couple things here. First off, as a player, um, you know, where you went to uh, – what, what school again? I forget. One, uh, what Cor- Cornell, yeah, Cornell, Cornell University. I, yeah. Ivy League, yep, exactly. And uh, how, how was it there? What was it like there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cornell Big Red. So I went in the year before I got there. They had five wins. So when I was coming out, I got invited to the Adidas ABCD camp um, coming out of Albuquerque, New Mexico is where I'm from. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really play AAU ball. I played baseball, in fact. I played baseball all the way through high school and whatnot. And so went out there. I went to five-star basketball camp with the ABCD camp, had good test scores. And so it was, a, you know, a lot of the Ivy Leagues. And I was really interested in education. Um, and so, you know, Steve Donahue was at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, Bill Carmody was at Princeton at that particular time. And when he left Princeton for Northwestern, John Thompson III took over Princeton. And then ultimately what happened was Steve Donahue got the head job at Cornell. I was already previously getting recruited by Scott Thompson there. And I was also getting recruited by Steve Donahue to Penn. So it kind of became like the perfect storm where, you know, Coach Donahue sold me on creating the future, went in there, you know, team won five games, you know, last couple of years we were finishing second league, second place in the Ivy League, you know, which at that particular time we did not have a conference tournament. So the winner of the regular season went to, went to the NCAA yeah. tournament. So, so we came up short, but we did, we created the future. And uh, right after I left, they went on to win three consecutive Ivy League championships and they got to the elite, uh, excuse me, the sweet 16, uh, losing to, uh, to Boogie Cousins and John Wall's Kentucky team. And so, you know, coach Donahue was able to springboard from there to, uh, to Boston College, but uh, you know, to be a part of a rebuild there and, and just see what it takes to build a culture was uh, was huge, and I think that was instrumental in my development. For sure, definitely. Uh, you know that that's uh, leaving leaving a legacy and, and helping build a culture. Um, you know, it's kind of thrown out there as kind of a cliche thing nowadays with uh, within coaching, culture, culture, culture. But um, you know, that's that's what really at the end of the day, like it, it makes a program. So. That's uh that's awesome. You got to be a part of that. Um, kind of going in like your pro experience. Um, definitely want to hear kind of some more about you know um, the G League and then and then was overseas life was like for you. Obviously, I know a little bit um, working with um, some overseas guys, but uh, I'm always you know I always hear new stories about overseas. So um, definitely uh, interested in hearing some more. Yeah, when I was when I played in the G League, um, at that particular time it was the development league, and there were, you know, eight teams in the league, and uh, so it was really at the very beginning. Um, you know, my teammates were guys like Chuck Hayes, who had a really good NBA career. Uh, C.J. Miles uh, was a was a rookie with the Utah Jazz on assignment with us for most of the year. Um, 
but the talent level was was really was really pretty uh, pretty good um, because there weren't that many jobs in the league. Now the contract situation, which continues to be a point of contention, was not great. I mean, I made twelve thousand dollars for the season. Yeah. Right. So I you know I had an Ivy League degree and I could have gone and worked at McDonald's and made made way more than that. And so you know it was one of those things where you know they they were trying to get their footing and establish the league and. Um, you know, guys were, were doing it to, to try and, you know, get call-ups and, and things like that. And, you know, we had a, we had a good, good team. We had DeJon Thompson played at UCLA. We had Joe Ship played at the University, you know, California. We had a, a great group of guys yep. and, uh, you know, so it, it was, it was, uh, it was a great experience, um, but much different than my experience coaching in that league because, you know, the, the G league now is a, such a tremendous platform for guys, um, you know, to elevate their games and, and actually get in and, and create a career in the NBA. And, you know, I've seen that firsthand. I've, I've also coached six McDonald's All-Americans in that league. And uh, that's just on my, you know, that, that, that's just that I've coached. And so right. that just tells you how strong the league is because none of those guys when they were McDonald's All-Americans envisioned that they would be playing in the G League. They all figured that it was going to be the Candy Roses path right to the NBA, right? right. And that's just not how it works. And so, uh, you know, the league's been great. The NBA's done a great job of not just promoting the league, but expanding. And now with, you know, every team having a one-to-one affiliation being owned by, you know, their NBA team. And, uh, you know, there's only two teams now without G League teams. You've got the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. Right. Um, you know, the league is, is, is heading towards the 30-30, which, which I think is, is ideal. And uh, obviously the NBA is investing money in their new – high school program, which will be interesting yeah. to see how, you know, I'm how curious. that gets off the, I'm curious uh, what you think about that too. Um, you know, what, what's yeah. Your yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I think that uh, it's smart by the NBA. They don't want those guys to, you know, guys to have to leave the country to go and, and, uh, and achieve their goals. I think that uh, the collective bargaining agreement, I think is, is not up till 2023. And I, and I don't, I don't foresee there being a change in the rules before that. And so they had to come up with something and this was their plan. Um, smart, you know, real smart. And I think that, uh, that, that it makes sense, but in the same sense, you know, you can't discount that it's, uh, there, it comes with risk to the player, more risk to the player than to the NBA, in my opinion. I agree. And, uh, you know, to me, I say that because, you know, money obviously being a factor, but money aside, you know, <laughs> I just said, I coached six months, I was all Americans there, but it's like, to me, you look at it, some of the guys who I coached also, you know, include like Darius Morris, right? right. You know, and who hell of, hell of a player started playoff series alongside Kobe Bryant for the Lakers. Like, you know, these are these are guys are very, very good players. And, you know, to think about Darius playing against a high school kid, I don't care how talented they are. Um, Probably going to you know, tear them up a little bit. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's, yeah, I mean, it just comes to the point where experience over anything um you know i i think it it's it's really an interesting concept i listened to somebody else's podcast the other day they were talking about you know if um a guy like uh isaiah todd or um you know any of the other guys that got signed to the elite um or the select team for g league i think uh they play against a, a, a Frank Mason or, you know, a guy that's dropping 30 points a game, you know, leading with uh, a few steals a game. And, he, you know, they tear him up. That could really hurt a guy's draft stock. So I think um, it, it's definitely a really risky 
um, opportunity for, for some of the high school kids, but um, could definitely pay off in other aspects. Yeah. Well, this is, this is my, this is my thing. You look at the the worst G league team would beat the best college team by 20 points. For sure. I mean, that, that's just the for bottom sure. line. That's how it is. And like, you look at like a team towards the bottom of the pack in the G league right now, like the Greensboro swarm, and then you look at their roster and it goes like Dwayne Bacon stud, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin studs, yep. Ray Spaulding play for me in Phoenix stud, Kobe Simmons, right. Former five-star right. play for the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, stud Joel Berry coming off the bench, you know, stud. And, and those guys are struggling to win ga- win games in the G league. So, you know, they, they, um, they're smart for backing off, making an entire team, right? And now they're mixing in veterans. But what type of veterans are they mixing in there? That'll be interesting to see. And then, you know, it'll just be interesting to see how they play their schedule and, and things of that nature. But definitely there's risk to the player because ultimately at the end of the day, you're handcuffed by your, your – from an evaluation stamp process, right? Like you are going to mm-hmm. be evaluating based on your eyes, what you see, performance – and so if performance dips, typically stock dip dips. And we all know that there's a certain element of buzz to the draft that kind of is what can carry certain guys to, you know, uh, peaking at the right time, if you will, whether it's coming off an NCAA tournament, whether it's having a great workout circuit, there's picks up momentum, you know, things of that nature. For sure. Um, moving on kind of a little bit, kind of transition. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, kind of going into, you know, coaching, um, as a coach, you said your first, um, you know, your first kind of job was in high school. Uh, what was, where, where do you coach in high school? Yeah. So I, uh, so my first, first time I ever, I actually coached was, um, uh, was AAU with the, with the Dallas Mustangs just to get a little yeah. taste. And then. I was uh, running my training organization out of Dallas, Texas, because I, you know, me and my wife had traveled around for, you know, eight years or whatever overseas and whatnot, and her family lives there. So that's kind of where we settled in. And then I just get a call one day from Gannon Baker. And, you know, obviously he had his training company, but there was this group called Elevate Sports Institute that had a baseball program and they wanted to start a basketball program, something to compete with IMG Academy. And so uh, Gannon basically offered me a job. So I went down there and um, you know, I got there and, and, uh, ready to dive in and then realized that Gannon was still going to live in West Virginia that first season. Cause his wife was a, was a college coach. Right. And so I said, Oh dear Lord. Right. Like, so wait, so I'm in charge right. <laughs> almost. And, uh, you know, so we started that program, but in our first recruiting class, right. So we competed in the SIAA, we, we, you know, we completed in some of the elite prep school tournaments. I mean, we had Norris Odiase who would go on had zero division one offers and then ended up at Texas tech and uh, was, a, was, you know, starting for Texas right. tech, you know, two years ago in the national championship game, um, TJ Holyfield, who, you know, was one of the top fifth year grad transfers this past year to Texas tech as well. And altogether we placed, you know, 25 kids at division one schools. I coached, uh, we awesome. ended up having, you know, uh, my second year, we ended up having five teams. I coached three teams. Each played a 30 game schedule. So I coached 90 basketball games <laughs> in one season. And each team was yeah. in one season, each team was distinctly different in their makeup and their dichotomy, right. you know, in their level. And so um, that's really where I cut my teeth in terms of coaching. And, and to me, it's all about getting coaching reps. The more reps you get, the more comfortable you get, the more comfortable you get, the more you really own your voice, you know your voice. 
and then you know you're able to to really understand how to get through to a player and uh you know i think that's what we're all trying to do is like you find your unique right. voice with For the sure. players and uh to, to me that experience was huge because i would i and i coached my first practice started every morning at 6 a.m started right so i mean i was up at you know 4 35 a.m uh so we'd go six to eight with the first practice eight to ten with the second practice guys going to school yada 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 a little bit of break and then you know come back with uh with a noon practice noon to two uh with another team and then obviously this was a boarding school so you know things like you know checking in on the kids making sure everybody was good we had ras we had things of that right. nature and uh helping them academically was huge so you know there was just a lot a lot going on had a, we had a great staff over there chad myers is the head coach over at img academy now obviously gannon was was a spectacular sarge sears is the head coach down in florida um, and, and so it was a great, it was a great program. Actually, one of the guys that was one of my assistant coaches there is an assistant coach for the, for the Charlotte Hornets now. So, you know, it's been, it was, it was just a great experience altogether. Sounds like it. Uh, yeah, that's phenomenal. So kind of moving on here, um, your first job in the G League, how did that come, come about? How did you get into that situation, that opportunity? Yeah, so. So the unique element, what we had down at Elevate was I also got the chance to run our pre-draft program. Our first client was Shane Larkin. You know, we had Robert Covington. We had, a, we had a really some, you know, some, some great guys coming through there. Uh, and then, you know, we get like Terry Rozier, who was huge, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Wilbur. I mean, we, had, we had just had a plethora of great dudes. Uh, also worked with Devin Booker, right. D'Angelo Russell, yada, yada, yada. And so – you know, I knew I wanted to get into coaching and, and I had my eye on the G League because I thought it was I thought that was the path. And so um, I actually went to NBA Summer League and I interviewed uh, for a job with the Toronto Raptors G League team with uh, with a guy named Jesse Mermis, who just became the yep. head coach there. And Jesse calls me back and says, listen, I can't hire you. Um, I, you know, I, I you know, I, they, I have to hire somebody who's who's Canadian for this particular position. And, um, you know, and, and, uh, but, but I think he'd be great. And a buddy of mine just got the job as the head coach of the Houston Rockets G league team. And so he puts my name out there for that. And I get a phone call and, uh, just go through that process, that interview process, a couple of phone screens, uh, with the, with Matt Brazzi, uh, John Luca Pascucci who's now at the Timberwolves. And, uh, then they fly me out and, uh, spend an entire day out there and the care with which they, you know, interviewed me for an assistant G League position just showed, you know, how much, you know, that position just means to the organization, how, and just how calculated they are with everything they do. You know, I mean, I spent a significant amount of time on that, on that trip with Gerson Rosas, who's the president of the Timberwolves now with, with Daryl Morey, right. Who's the general manager, obviously still in Houston, Matt Brazzi, the head coach. And, uh, you know, eventually down the road there, um, you know, I thought I didn't get the job. I had already started coaching. This was, you know, NBA training camp was just getting ready to start. I'd already, I'd already st uh, started coaching, you know, my high school right. kids. And then I got the call that I got offered the job. And uh, Gannon, to his credit, was off the charts, you know, celebratory of that accomplishment. And uh, there I was off to the races, you know, coaching under, you know, under Matt Brazzi, who is uh, now, you know, with Mike D'Antoni, yeah. obviously, in, in, in the Rockets. And uh, we had uh, the most successful two-year run. Um, in the G League over that span. Most wins in, in that two-year span. We won a Western Conference championship. We lost in a decisive game of the 
G League Finals to Jerry Stackhouse's uh, Raptors 905 team. And, uh, you know, they only had Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, so, you know, a couple of max-level yeah. players yeah. on that team. But, uh, but we were right there. You know, we beat them in game one. They beat us in a barn burner in game two. And then, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get it done in game three. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. I love the G League, respect it. And, and it was – Great way to really just cut my teeth and, and learn the ins and outs of That's coaching huge. at the highest levels. That's huge. Um, beyond that, um, kind of transitioning again, um, overseas life, one story, if you could tell it, funny, could be weird, could be different, hmm. something, a, a weird situation, whatever you have. Um, I love hearing stories about overseas. Um overseas life and i think it's a it's an ex, definitely a different experience a lot of people don't get to uh yeah i mean um gosh to pick one obviously as you as you very well know is uh yeah. is, is difficult very, but very uh, much so. one one that just kind of encapsulated you know one of my experiences was uh that year that we won the euro challenge championship with uh with Göttingen in the we were in the german bbl participating in the euro challenge and uh, we went up to we went to Russia to go play a game. We went to Krasnodar, Russia, and um, to play Lokomotiv Kaban. And so, you know, we flew in to Moscow, and then we flew, you know, down south to Krasnodar, and then you know we played played the game. And we actually had a charter flight out, kind of like right after the game. And we got on this this flight, and it was kind of starting to storm, right? And this was like a this was like a plane that looked like it was southwest yeah. you know what i mean or whatever just like typical normal plane three seats on a side or whatever and uh you know but it had propellers but it was still it was like a good sized plane right. it was just our team we get on i mean barely into the seats are full the weird thing that i noticed when i got on was that like if you weren't sitting in the seats they'd kind of fold forward a little bit which was like strange to me and uh you know it started to storm a little bit but boom off we go right like the <laughs> russian pilot you know um, are you sure this is good? Like, yes, it's very okay. We go back to Germany. We take you now. No problems. Very good. US and you know, and you're like, wait, okay, really? So there we are, you know, flying over Southern Russia uh, through the middle of a storm. And literally like we hit some of the worst turbulence I've ever encountered in my entire life. And so like these seats that nobody's sitting in as we go up and down, just are flopping back and forth and like making the loudest racket. Right. And I just remember looking over it's like Chester Frazier, who's associate head coach at Virginia Tech right now. I uh, was on that team. Dwayne Anderson, who's assistant coach at Villanova, was on that team. Taylor Rochester, who was a tremendous player uh, at Washington State, still playing overseas, is on that team. Yeah. Ben Jacobson, John Little from 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 northern Iowa were on that team. I mean, this is a hell of a team. Chris McNaughton from Bucknell, who you know helped lead his team to an upset win over Kansas uh, back in the day on the team. I mean, we had a great team. But I look over and there, and I see Chester and Dwayne, and those dudes are like in tears. I, I swear <laughs> to everything, they thought we were going to die. They thought it was over with. And I'm not going to lie, my heart was racing myself. But we made it back. We got back safe. Um, and, of course, you know, you land and the, the pilot's like, see, I told you everything is okay. No yeah, problem. You know what I mean? You're up, like, okay, so. whatever, dude. Yeah, yeah, you just gave me a heart attack. But fast forward, like, literally, like, a week or two later, the same charter company is actually flying the entire Polish delegation, the Polish president, like all of them. You can look it up. They, uh, they unfortunately crashed and they all died. So, I mean, that, that was kind of a scary element where we like, Oh, wait a minute. What? Same region, you know, same charter company, 
God, hope that wasn't the same plane. But, you know, we made it, didn't look back, and, wow. uh, and had a great season. Wow. All right. Well, kind of moving on from that. Yeah. Kind of hard, to, <laughs> hard to move on yeah, from that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An upper and a downer. And um, a, uh, going crazy, from but... there, I guess, uh, kind of some current events. What have you been doing during quarantine? Uh, some questions here. Well, I mean, you know, the big thing is this to me, I don't care if you're a player, if you're a coach, I don't care if you're a finance guy, I don't care if you're uh, irrelevant, what your, you know, what your occupation is or whatever it is. The case may be uh, you're either coming out of this better or worse. Nobody's going to stay the same during this thing. So, you know, my philosophy is, you know, how can I get better? Uh, How can I become a better coach? How, How can I become more mindful of how to get through to our players? So, you know, a lot of coaches education has been great. You know, I've been, I've been sharing, but uh, also taking taking a lot of notes um, and doing a lot of cool, you know, Zoom conversations. I mean, hell, I was on this I was on this one the other night with a lot of NBA coaches, and uh, you know, it was I mean, it was an intimate one. There was only like maybe twelve of us or something with some football coaches and an ex- former executive from Nike, who, uh, a right. guy who works with Navy Seals you know, talking about team building and, you know, Tom Thibodeau was on there. So I'm like, man, you kidding me? I'm on a zoom with Tom Thibodeau, right? He didn't turn his video on though. I wanted him to have his video on. I want to see Tommy, what are you up to buddy? No, but, um, you know, so I've been taking a lot of notes, uh, also doing a lot of introspective reflection just in terms of our season, uh, breaking down our players, doing player development reports, watching all of our possessions. And then also watching, you know, some other college teams and some of the different things that they're doing to try and see, you know, what, what's, what's successful and, and what isn't and, and how I can just, you know, help uh, coach Hardaway right. as we try to build this program. Right. I think that's huge. Um, definitely agree. Um, you know, I've been saying this whole time, uh, take it day by day, get 1% better, you know, every day. Try and and don't be that guy that or girl that uh, falls off during this time. Like, don't um, – don't take a step backward. You're either going to take a step backward or forward, and, and you, you hit it, you know, right on the head there. I think um, it's, it's huge. If you uh, take take advantage of this time, you can you can really do a lot for yourself and your future. Um, so, you know, I've, I've definitely been spending my time um, putting in the, the work on the, the video, um, watching a lot of film, and uh, occasionally here. Um, being able to get some workouts in with uh, some college and pro guys. But um, I think it's huge. Coming up tonight, we've got The Last Dance, episode five and six. Um, you've been keeping in touch with it, been watching it. I'm assuming you have. Uh, I mean, do I have a pulse? Am I an American? Am I, uh, you know, it's almost like you don't even have to be a basketball fan, right? There, I mean, besides the fact that there's nothing else to watch. That is but, true. Um, the ratings for this thing have to be through the roof, right? It's like, uh, what is it? This and Tiger King, right? Last Dance and Tiger King Still in a serious tight competition. But no, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm – yeah, I mean, you know, if you get my wife started on Carol Baskin, I mean, that's a wrap. But, um, no, we both like to have a good good, good time with that. But um, I'll tell you, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been locked in. Get it on the DVR. Get the kids settled in, right? They're not watching this. They're settled in on their area just to where – we can catch a quick, quick breather and, uh, and and get locked in, and it's been a it's been a lot of fun watching it, and uh, just quite honestly, seeing it again, like just just those moments, right? Because I, I you know I lived it like that was my my For generation sure. as I'm as I'm coming up in, in basketball, you know, nineteen 
98, you know, eighth grader, freshman in high school, like that's right when right. you're just getting inspired by things. And so to me, that was, it's a, it's a lot of fun to see it. It's a lot of fun to see it behind the scenes. And then, um, yeah, I, I mean, really, uh, really well done. Definitely uh, a, a big piece. I'm so glad they moved it up um, time-wise to, to now, because if they hadn't, uh, I think a lot of people would have been driven insane during these times. But uh, I think, uh, you know, regardless if you're on the Michael Jordan or the LeBron side, you know, I think it's it's one hell of a documentary. And uh, they did a really good job with it. For the first two episodes, it was kind of all over the place. But uh, it really, last last two episodes have been really good. I'm excited for tonight. Um, any ideas, any, any thoughts going into tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say just like the big thing is, right, you know, you know, everybody loves to talk about, right, right who's the greatest of this and that. But like the big the big thing is it's not really apples to apples. Right. It's an irrelevant conversation um, because to me, you can only go, you know, generation by generation. Right. So the conversation that has to do with Michael has to center around the other guys who he competed against at that time, you know, really in their primes. And it's like obviously the overlap is you know, Bird, Magic, Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. as we know. And then towards the tail end, it becomes, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever, right? But um, to me, like, that's the big thing, right? Like, Michael's hitting that last shot, you know, holding the follow-through against the Utah Jazz. Kobe's what, in his second year, right? Drafted in 96. That shot right. happens in 98. So, you know, not even that much over- overlap there. So, to me, that's the biggest thing because the game's so changed different. so much. So different, you know, and 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 people talk. Oh, people talk about you know style of play, right? The power of the three point shot, possessions in a game. You look at the scores from these first few episodes when they show the score coming. It's like eighty seven, you know, eighty two, like ninety six, ninety one. Like these are the scores of the games. Like you kidding me? Like, like if you if you don't score hundred points in an NBA game now, right. like you can't win the game, you know. And so. That's why it's just like, hey, would Michael Jordan be successful in this area? Yeah, he's a pretty darn good basketball player. The odds are great that he would be very, very good. Would the guys today be elite back then? They would find a way to be very, very good. Typically, if you're just good, you're going to be good. But to compare them and say who's better, I mean, there's just too too many other things. It's just like the triangle offense. Why won't it work? Yeah, why won't the triangle offense work today? It's not because there's anything wrong with the triangle offense. It's just because the style of play of the game overall it's just changed so you know um let michael be great let lebron be be great right let's enjoy just like enjoy it just like greatness is greatness exactly just enjoy it don't hate it 100 percent. for those listening um what would be one piece of advice whether you're a coach whether you're a trainer as as me when you know whether you're a player um what would one be one piece of advice that you can give um to anybody out there listening yeah here's 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 my advice uh i think it applies to anybody and anything um all of us right we are essentially on a boat right and the biggest thing for me is chart your destination chart your destination know where you want to go and the thing about it is is that once you chart your destination then you can set a course to to get to that destination if you don't chart a destination then right. how can you set a course? You can't. All you're doing is you're, you're essentially just floating, right, with the waves. You're going with the current. The current might take you close to some cool things. It might take you away from some other things. It might push you towards adversity. 
it might, you know, push you towards success. But the problem is that you're still adrift. You're drifting. Right. You're at the mercy of the current. Right. When you set a course or when you set a destination, now right. you can set a course. Right. And once you set a course, to me, the biggest thing is, and this is what I like to do with, with players, coaches, whatever, is reverse engineer your career. And that's what allows you to set it. Right. So what type of player are you? Right. Oh, I want to get to the NBA. Okay. Well, you know, I've dealt with guys who are right there. Well, it's like when a guy gets to the NBA, if his goal has been to get to the NBA his entire life, well, now it's like, now what? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't chart a specific destination. Getting to the NBA is not a destination. Right. And so it's like, okay, you're in the NBA. What are you? Are you, are you, uh, are you on a 10 day? Are you on a multi-year? Are you on a, you know, like, what does it look like? right. Do you have a job in the NBA or you have a career in the NBA? You know, you got a 10 day or a 10 year, sure. two entirely different things. Oh, okay. Now you're on the roster. Are you a starter? You know, are you reserve, right? Are you a role player? Are you, Oh, if you are a starter, okay. Are you a top two scorer on your team? Are you an all-star? You know, I had that conversation with Devin Booker. You want to be an all-star like let's re- reverse engineer. You just want to be an all-star. No, I want to be a perennial all-star, right? When you retire, what are they doing? They're putting my Jersey to the rafters. What else are they doing? They're building a statue of me out in front of the arena, right? Like now, if these are your goals, right, and you reverse engineer that, right. now all of a sudden we can set the standards to reach those goals. The standards are the action steps that are going to take you to the goal. Without a destination, though, it's really, really hard to set the standards because you don't know where you're wow. going. So that's that's my big thing, man. Chart chart a destination, and I'm and and I'll tell you this much: once you chart your destination. That, and that's the thing about like guiding a ship, guiding a boat, right? Like that doesn't mean that it's like a straight line A to B. That's not what it means. So there's going to be many different, yeah, ups. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. There's different courses and all that. But if you've got the destination For charted, sure. you always know what direction you're that. going. That's good. I like that. I'm going to use that one of these days. I'm going to text you after I use it. As you should steal it, steal it, rip it, use it. I absolutely, please do. Hundred percent. Sure. Uh, I saw you. Uh, I saw you were wearing a be different, be better. Or be better, be different. I forget which one, which way it is. Uh, Phil Beckner shirt, all of the above. Hey, all of the above. Uh, yes, I think it's uh, awesome. What's your relationship with Phil? Yeah, I mean Phil. Phil lives out in Phoenix, and and our paths have crossed for for many years. Um, you know, he's got a he's, he's very similar background of mine in terms of experience right. coaching at all different levels and, and working with guys but um me and phil we, we've just been we've for years now bounced ideas off each other um you know development wise different ways to to help players improve i mean that's the biggest thing we all want to help our guys sharpen their swords 100%. and prepare for battle and uh you know there's so many different ways to do it and so um you know phil's just been a, a good a good friend a confidant and someone who i've learned a lot from and i think that the message you know, be better, be different is huge because, you know, that's, that's how you really take action steps towards achieving your potential, right? Like you have to feel okay, you know, kind of going against the grain at times. Right. And, you know, not, not going with the herd mentality because the truly great ones in any industry, they're all outliers. Like there's something different about them, you know, and um, gosh, I'll tell you a story if you want to hear one about outliers. And this is a story that I tell to a lot of guys, but, um, okay. So, you know, yeah. Ray Allen used to go over to the game early, right? Um, everybody knows kind of legends sure. about, right. Him going over to the gym, right. With the cheerleaders and, yeah. you know, the janitors are getting ready for the game and he's over there shooting. 
So I used to take uh, our with our Phoenix Suns team. I used to take some guys over. We called it the Ray Allen bus, and uh, so we'd go and uh, and we'd go over early. So random February, we are, you know, in LA. Um, we're gonna play a Sunday game at noon, and you know we stay at the Ritz Carlton right across from the Staples Center. And so me and the Ray Allen the Ray Allen crew were you know, we're going to walk over to the, to the arena. And, uh, you know, 9.30, we walk into the Staples Center here, ball bouncing. And, I mean, we're early. This is a Sunday game, right? So, you know, we had to get up. We had to eat our breakfast at the, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, so it's me and, you know, Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender, Troy Daniels. And uh, we look around the corner, and I'm like, oh, man, because sometimes there's kids on the court, right? They're playing like a kid's right. scrimmage or something, right? You never know, right? Some and so I'm just trying to see if we're going to be able to get in there. We look around the corner and the ball's bouncing, ball's bouncing. Who is it? It's LeBron. And he's in a full sweat. And not just a full sweat. He's in the middle of a hard, full speed, butt kicking right. workout. I'm like, what? And I'm looking at it and all of a sudden I feel late. I'm like, oh man, if we're here after LeBron, we are clearly late. Right. I'm like, yeah, you guys see this? I think everybody there was just like stunned. Right. Because for a couple of reasons, number one, it was a random game in February. Number two, it was a Sunday noon start. And number three, it was nine o'clock and he'd clearly started his workout at about nine. You know, it was nine thirty. He clearly started his workout right. at least clearly. around nine o'clock. Right. And that's three hours before the game. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, there's two things. Either one, he figured and, and his team was not they weren't in the playoff hunt really at that particular point in time. Not a lot to play for for them. And we were one of the worst teams in the NBA. So, you know, record wise. And so you look at it, and you're like, well, one of two things, either one he figured that he wasn't going to get a good enough workout against us, right? Because we were one of the worst teams. He had to get his work in somehow, which that was kind of more of a joke because that, that wasn't the case per se. But it, but Or that's just who he is. That's just LeBron DNA. That's just championship DNA. And so the big thing to me is, um, you know, I asked their coaches, and they're like, no, that's how he is. You know, I asked Mike Miller, who's on my staff here. No, 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 that's just how he is. And that's just – that's the big thing. That's, that's just the epitome right. of being different. And – when you think about that, you're like, well, if there's if there's ever a game where maybe he wants to, you know, Sunday, maybe he wants to have breakfast with his kids, you know, and his family and, you know, roll to the game, you know, at 10 o'clock or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like if there's ever a game that you would think that he's going to, you know, not be there, it's just that random Sunday afternoon <laughs> game against the Phoenix Suns. But, you know, LeBron's right. different and that's why he's better. That's uh, that's that's awesome. What would be the next step? What would be your next uh, goal, next accomplishment um, on your journey in basketball? Yeah, I mean, I've charted, you know, I, I've set my destination. I've charted my course. Um, I didn't necessarily um, expect to be here at the University of Memphis, nor have I ever, you know, really gone after any jobs that I've gotten. So what I've done is try to make the big time where I'm at while keeping in right. mind what my destination is, you know what I mean? And uh, to me, like, that's huge. So, like, I'm focused right now on, you know, the University of Memphis Tigers mm-hmm. basketball players and program, you know, we're right. just chasing the best version of ourselves, focusing in on that process. Because uh, the one thing you can't do, while you can set a destination and chart a course, you know, you can't chase – wins and you can't chase a finished product because by chasing a finished product you're not process driven by being process driven right now that's how you're going to become you know at least as good as you can you're going to achieve your potential and so that's huge so i'm focused on 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 the university of memphis playing championship caliber basketball at the highest levels here our guys improving and using this as a platform to get to their next level and uh, hopefully ultimately 
you know, one day down the road, you'll see me walking the sidelines in the NBA. You know, that's my goal. I'm not right. bashful about, about talking about it. Will I ever get there? Who knows? But, you know, but to me, uh, you know, I've got my mental picture of it and uh, I'm going to keep charting my course and, and, uh, you know, yes, sir. hopefully just, just paddling that right punches, direction. Roll with the waves. It'll all go together for you. So, Hey, well, I, I, uh, really appreciate exactly. you on the podcast again. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time and, uh, go ahead and let the people find you, how to reach out to you. Um, you know, we'll keep it, keep up with you. Yeah. Um, I'm, my big thing is it's all about paying it forward. Uh, the only way that I've gotten here, uh, as well is by, uh, you know, with a thirst for knowledge, by getting to be around, you know, great people and, uh, and learning from them. And that's huge to me. So, um, you know, anything I can do to help anybody out there, I most certainly will to me. It's, that's, that's just how we, Absolutely. we give back to the game. that's given us so much, but, um, I'm available on social media at top 33. That's at T O P P three, three, two P's, two threes. And, uh, you know, anybody can hit me up, reach out to me. And, and again, um, anything I can do to help any aspiring players and or coaches out there. I appreciate uh, I you will. again, um, Cody. And uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Thanks again, guys, for listening in to the In Transition podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Coach Toppert and hopefully got something out of it. We'll be back soon with another special guest and maybe a special giveaway. So stay tuned. Um, Keep listening in and uh, appreciate you guys.